Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Carissa from Pennsylvania, and I wouldn't be caught dead listening to I Doubt It with Dalamore. Now, you better believe it with Brittany is a whole nother story, because Brittany's the best part. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. Thank you for joining us, episode 672 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today again, as I always am, by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page. So this is actually um, 672 attempt two. We should really, we should get one of those. Yeah, we should. Those things where they, you know, A scene, Yeah, the clapper. Yeah. Is, that, is that what it's called? I think so. I think that's what they're called. Oh, how inventive. A clapper, wow. um, because we we recorded 672. Well, we attempted the first time to record it. We were 40 minutes in. And we scrapped that shit. And the reason why is, well, it wasn't good. And <laughs> this is what happens yeah. when when we try to record and we are both tired and not on our game. It, it, listen, it, a lot of people think that all it takes is just putting on the mics and then we just have a conversation. Which is, that is basically what we do, right? We, yeah, we but plan. It's, it's not that fucking easy. It's not. We plan the topics. We talk loosely about what we're going to be talking about. Uh, it's certainly not scripted. Well, by, by it's not that easy, I don't mean to paint a picture like, oh, this is super hard, you guys. Right, right. But there's a level of energy that is necessary yeah. to put on the kind of show that people have become accustomed. And listen, I know there's people out there that, that are thinking, what? They recorded 40 minutes and then got rid of it? <laughs> yeah. Why? We need to hear that right now. No, you don't. No, it's gone. It's gone forever. Yeah. Was not good. You don't want to hear it. Trust us. Okay? Not doing it, in fact. So <laughs> that's kind of uh, self-care, right? We knew at that point that we needed to engage in a little self-care, right? And one thing that we have been doing a lot of is watching movies, but more specifically watching like mindless movies and ones that aren't mindless. But I wouldn't say mindless, just ones that are uh, more junk foodie, like Mission Impossible and stuff. Yeah, which was really good. I've never watched a Mission Impossible movie. Well, let's let's. Can we talk about what we did also watch? We watched the la- the most recent one. That's the one we watched first. Fallout. So good. And I was like, I remember the- all of these being pretty fucking good. Uh-huh. So I said, well, let's just watch the whole goddamn, like, 12 of them. I think uh-huh. there's six of them now. Yeah. And, it's uh, like the Fast and Furious franchise. So we went back and watched the very first one, which I thought was in the early 2000s. It was 1996. Yeah. And it was fucking terrible. Yeah, like five minutes in, the I wanted acting, to turn that trash off. The acting is terrible. It just, it wasn't good. It's it's not good. It has not held up. The reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, I don't know what's happening there. They need to be updated for the current times. <laughs> I think that what people remember when they remember the movie, I mean, I'm speaking for myself here, was the scene... Where he almost... Spoiler alert a little bit. It's a movie from 96, so fuck you if you haven't <laughs> seen it already. Don't be offended that you, you, you... I'm spoiling something from when Clinton was still president. Yeah. Um, Is when they're in the CIA in like the clean room and he's on right. the wires and shit. Like, 
I remember that being super cool, and it was super cool. Yeah, it was fine. But that that doesn't make a movie. Mm-hmm. When the helicopter's flying through the channel, I mean, come on, get the come on. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, but we have seen some good ones. Yeah, we've we've been relying on on um, Amazon Prime. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. To rent some movies. Also, Brett Number One, who has been giving us codes from his. I don't know be stealing i don't know if we should talk about that oh okay (laughs) (laughs) never mind nothing's happening there but we we watched sling blade yeah which is fucking fantastic so i every time someone asks me what my favorite movie is i always say forrest gump and goddamn now what's wrong with forrest gump do you love watching forrest gump while eating Shitty boneless chicken wings and an Applebee's. Is that a, is that where is that your prime location to watch Forrest Gump? No, not really. Again, um, Forrest Gump's another movie. I hope no no one heard me crack this delicious drink. Uh, Forrest Gump is another one of those movies that like there's a couple scenes that are just beautiful. Like when Forrest is at Jenny's grave. Yes, in fact, that's yeah. I I know I made a fucking <laughs> very happened? weird noise there. <laughs> Turned into a gremlin. Uh, yeah, that's a gr- exactly. I yeah. almost did it again. Uh-huh. Um, perfect example of that. And then the rest of it is just a fucking mess. Anyway, whatever. So it's a great film. Beautiful <sighs> film. You call it a film. <laughs> it's great cinema. Um, but Sling Blade is now my going to be my answer when people ask me what my favorite movie is. I had watched it years ago, but it didn't resonate with me in the way that it did this last time is it because now you're in a mental health profession well i don't know i don't know also i've worked in a mental hospital now since watching it the first time so that could play a role so maybe you mean yeah maybe maybe but i i think i also what just happened there by the way is i go is it because now you work in the mental health field? Well, no, 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 not that at all. I, I didn't say I, no. I think it's because I work in the mental health field. That's ultimately what just happened. <laughs> no, well, if anyone knows the movie, Carl, the main character, Billy Bob Don't Thornton. Don't spoil it. This is another 1996 flick. Right. That actually holds up. <laughs> For sure it does. Um, Written, directed by Billy Bob Thornton. And he's unrecognizable in in the film. It, listen. In the film. I think anybody in the film, in, in this <laughs> classic piece of cinema, it, I, I've watched this movie maybe a dozen times. No shit. Maybe 12, maybe 15 times. But this last time you had forgotten several scenes. What's the deal there? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's because they're, they're weird scenes where like when he goes back to see the dad and stuff. Anyway, reviewing the movie here. And I still, like, I know what Billy Bob Thornton looks like. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in all kinds of different roles, from the the yeah, Bad yeah. Santa movie to Tombstone, and I he was in Tombstone. Yes, huh? Get in that smoke wagon and see what happened. Anyway, so <laughs> he fucking I cannot tell that it's him while looking at him. I'm trying to like, how is it? And it's not makeup. Uh-huh. I mean, they cut cut his hair douchey, but I've seen him go into character on like the actor studio in the, behind the actor studio or whatever that show is. And it's bizarre how he contorts his face to not look like himself. Yeah. Pretty amazing. It's it's really good. So if you haven't seen it, we would recommend that. But we we that's definitely not a like easy watch. It's a heavy watch. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a heavy watch. So that's been something that we have been doing to engage in self-care. And we hope that all of you are taking time to do things that involve self-care. Today, or not today, every day this month, May, is Mental Health Awareness Month. So it's the perfect time to have conversations about mental health and to check on your loved ones, make sure that they are doing okay, and to open up the space to have conversations when you are not feeling on top of your game and to understand that it's okay to feel that way and okay to talk about it. More importantly, I mean, it is okay to feel that way, but it's very important to talk about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Before we move on to some voicemails and some emails, it is hot as shit in here. My glasses are fogging up like a freak. Um, We went down to the post office box, which is something we don't do as often these days because of ye old pandemic which is something that we say now, mm-hmm. ye old pandemic. Oh, is it? Something it that is. we say? And we got a little gift. A little we did. gift from Timothy. 
And I think there's a note that you're stretching your arm to reach <laughs> there for. There is a note. Love the show and keep up the great work from Timothy. And a Blu-ray. Is Blu-ray a DVD? Or is DVD like a brand of something different than a... Anyway, it's a, a Blu-ray movie of I Am Not Your Negro, mm-hmm. which is a... It, speaking of movies, mm-hmm. go rent this wherever you can find it, on iTunes or... or 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 Amazon or whatever. A documentary about James Baldwin. It is amazing. Very good. Fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And then also, we, we watched this in theater. Yeah. That's how good this is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't know how good it was going to be, but it... It's about James Baldwin. It was it's interesting good. enough. Yeah. It was a spectacular character in American history. And then also a book uh, by Branko Marchetic. Marcetic. Mm-hmm. Yesterday's man, the case against Joe Biden. Oh wow! Which I'm kind of interested to. I don't know if I'm going to sit and read cover to cover this book, but it's certainly at least you're honest. Well, no, but it's <laughs> but it's kind of a, like a thought, like a reference to oh. his different bad positions throughout the years. Like huh. I've thumbed through it a little bit, and it's like what his position on packing the court is. Well, no longer liberal. I'm just thumbing through in different chapters. Mm-hmm. Um. The liberal who ki- who killed Bussing. I mean, you know, it's hmm. there's some some really good hard data points in here hmm. on you know why he maybe isn't the best choice. Mm-hmm. Why he let, let me let me re- rephrase that. Mm-hmm. Why he maybe wasn't the best choice because mm-hmm. he is now the choice. Well, that's going to be a controversial statement with Bernie Sanders supporters who are still holding out hope that Joe Biden will withdraw. Uh, and the Democrats will put up someone else in his place. I Who naturally would be Bernie Sanders, I would hope. I share your view, which I'm assuming is your view, because I don't know for sure, but that, that that's highly unlikely that he's going to withdraw. I think it's, it's next to impossible that he will voluntarily withdraw. Yeah. E- even with all of the media attention surrounding the Tara Reid allegations, him calling for an investigation into it, even with all that, it's highly unlikely, especially given his position in the polls and how well he's doing. Um, the Democrats are not going to want to mess with that. So it, it just seems very unlikely at this point. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's very weird to me that when you have the easiest character to beat, you you put the weakest candidates against him. You know, it's like they're trying to like like set up a a, a built in handicap like in golf. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, and I also I don't want to get into this because again we have the calls, but. It, they're reporting, uh, Philip Rucker tweeted, and he's from the Washington Post, that Kamala Harris and Amy Klobuchar are the two leading contenders right now for the VP spot. Again, yeah. Which is just insane, given poll after poll after poll showing how popular Elizabeth Warren is for the VP spot. Like, I just, I don't understand yeah. why Amy Klobuchar is nearly at the bottom of every single one of those polls in terms of popularity for the VP spot. I don't know why they would choose her. Yeah. Why would she be at the top of the list? This it, is it, just crazy. Well, it's also when, when, when a presidential candidate picks a nominee to, to run on the ticket with him or her, uh, you want to create some kind of balance. For instance, JFK picked a Southerner, a strong Southern candidate who would, you know, uh, help in the South because he was a Yankee from Massachusetts. Um, George W. Bush picked Cheney because of his his experience in Washington. Joe Biden, you would think, would pick someone who is more liberal than he is. Instead, he picked someone who brings nothing to the table. Yeah, doesn't Kamala appe- Harris? What the fuck is she going to bring to the table other than her 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 insistence on not allowing uh, framed death penalty people on the on death row to get their 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 time, their justice? Well, I can I can see the appeal of Kamala Harris, and I can see how Kamala Harris would be a draw in a different way than Joe Biden is, and certainly in a different way than Amy Klobuchar is, but. <laughs> to, yeah, to, politically, to not... she is 
a carbon copy of Joe Biden. Yeah, I... I don't know about exactly a carbon copy. I know that she was for Medicare for all when she was running for president. At some right? point she was. I don't know if she finished that way, but <laughs> that's that's a fair point. <laughs> I but I am on her website right now and it says those who can um those who can afford it. Oh, I had needed to scroll up. In America, healthcare should be a right, not a privilege, only for those who can afford it. That's why we need Medicare for all. So seems like she's still for it. That's yeah. that's one area in which they disagree. But but what I'm saying is why why are they ignoring the polling? That's my yeah, concern yeah, yeah. here. Is what are you doing ignoring the polling? Why aren't you interested in bringing progressives in? That's kind of what's confusing to me. And I also, I think, to your point, is you're wondering more about the progressive element. How are you going to get progressives excited yeah, yeah. and ready to go out and vote for you if you're just going to choose Amy Klobuchar? It's also, you're ignoring the next generation. You're ignoring the future of the Democratic Party if you pick someone like Kamala or Amy Klobuchar. Yeah. If you're ignoring Elizabeth Warren, her viewpoint on every policy is the future of the Democratic Party. It just is. So we have some emails yeah, that are do that. related to this. Timothy, thank you yes. for, for the for the Blu-ray and for the book very much. We appreciate it. Uh you that know was, it was a, a convoluted route. It's an exciting it's an exciting time to not an exciting time. It's an exciting thing to go to the P.O. box and have a little treat in there. It's always exciting. Yeah. Especially a coronavirus free treat. <laughs> This email is from, never mind, they didn't put their name in the email. All right. Anonymous. Anonymous. My wife and I just listened to episodes 667 and 668 back to back. We were both Warren supporters and have also found ourselves thinking this is the best we can do now that the presumptive nominee is Biden and hoping the VP pick brings a lot of needed energy. I think the progressive wing of the Democratic Party needs to stop burning so many bridges and start building allies, especially the Bernie bro wing of the party. While it is only my experience, I do know a number of people that had concerns about Bernie's ability to govern and actually get things done. And they saw some disturbing parallels with the cult of Trump when the Nevada culinary leaders were attacked online and Warren was excommunicated. So they voted for Biden. Or would have if Ohio's primary had not been moved. Neither Bernie or Warren was able to really build much support in communities of color, and those communities went overwhelmingly for Biden. If the progressives want to win in 2024, start there. Stop calling everyone you don't like a corporate Democrat. They're calling Warren one now. I'm biased, but really, get the fuck out of here with that. Totally. <laughs> More people voted for Biden in the primaries so far. We need to ask them why, not demonize them, preventing the Bernie presidency. The nature of the primary system does not help. Would be an improvement if all of them were same day so that you could eliminate the horse race nature of it. A candidate gets momentum and money flows, lose momentum and the money stops and the candidate drops out. The sexual assault allegations need to be investigated. You'll have hearsay and no direct evidence one way or the other, depressing all around. The ray of sunshine in all of this is that the Overton window has moved on a lot of progressive ideas. Some kind of universal health care is going to be discussed seriously, especially after COVID-19. I'd bet UBI gets some second and third looks as well. Have you noticed the air quality improvement in California, or does Orange County have good air quality most of the time? Brittany is the best part. Love the show. We part. certainly don't have um, bad air quality here, mm -hmm. but it's not like L.A. Mm -hmm. But but I was just listening to a podcast called 99% Invisible, which oh, is your favorite. one of my favorites, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about uh, somewhere in India where they could see um, the Kashmiri region, like, like the mountains, mm -hmm. way off in the distance. They're like 200 miles away, and they could crystal clear see it because... Like, the first time in all of these people's lifetimes that it's been that way. Oh, wow. Because it's so smoggy all the time, so polluted, and it's not that way anymore because of the coronavirus. The factories are shut down. Nice. So, um, well, so there's a whole bunch there that I agree with. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to I said nice that all these factories are shut down. And, I mean, in one way, that's nice because of the air quality. But then also, yeah. people aren't working. So, I just wanted and to. Be, and dying. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to. 
<laughs> I was going to say, it is a weird silver lining. I just wanted to clarify that so that people weren't like, um, why is Brittany being so callous? <laughs> <laughs> and then we laugh. So, uh... <laughs> There's a whole bunch there I agree, I agree with. And listen, I, I voted for Bernie. I supported Bernie. Uh, I also supported Elizabeth Warren originally. Um, and I do think, well, I just find it funny that, like, the Bernie bro wing of the party, as they put it, denies that they even exist. And then the way that they prove it is to go on Twitter and say, we're not Bernie bros, and then fucking act like total assholes. So, yeah, they do. And they do turn a lot of people off. And calling Elizabeth Warren a corporate Democrat, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. The woman who has dedicated her entire political life to helping working people, ramming through bankruptcy reform bills that Hillary Clinton was too much of a coward to even show up to vote for. Fuck you, corporate Democrat. Goddamn. So I would say it in different words, obviously, um, but I <laughs> appreciate the sentiment. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollamore are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in anyway. views and analysis. But I, I share your, your frustration with the matter because... Say it, Brittany. It is, no, it is difficult. No, say it. I want to hear it. I don't know what you... Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it is it is frustrating. And especially when there's still this temptation to lay the blame at Elizabeth Warren's feet. And it, it, it's just, it's remarkable to watch. Especially as she continues to do work with AOC, do work with Cory Booker. I mean, she's... Raise money for progressive down-ballot candidates. Right. She's consistently doing very good work where it relates to advancing progressive ideals and trying to make things easier for Americans during this time. So it's it's just odd to watch the attacks come yeah. in. And like we've talked about before, whoever he selects as VP is going to be demonized and called a hypocrite based on the allegations against him. And I, again, would recommend everyone read the Biden trap by Rebecca Traster, because I think that that's an important reminder to not fall into that trap. And if we want the best possible person to become VP, we need to not demonize them and have them say, listen, that's a question for Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. Um, ask him about it. And I'm just here to try to make things better for the American people. There's going to be, have to be some kind of a roadmap developed between the two candidates, though, the vice president and the presidential candidate of what what's acceptable, what is expected of, of her as a VP. Yeah. And he's going to have to give her some latitude. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about a couple other points, though. You're lifting your phone to read another email. Okay. Um. I agree also that we need to do a different system with our with our primaries, whether it be Eastern, Midwestern, and Western. The, the problem with having one date is candidates need to be able to travel and press the flesh, as they say, kiss the babies, um, sit in living rooms, sit in coffee shops, and meet with voters. And you really can't do that en masse with some one date thing. If we had three different dates, I could see something like that working out. The other thing that I think we need to overhaul big time, and that is debates. Mm. Yeah. We need, listen. More Marianne Williamson. Yeah, lots more of, of uh, you go, girl. We need lots more of that from mm -hmm. Marianne Williamson. A lot of dangling of crystals. Yeah. Uh, Could have gone on and on. Uh, no, I think we need more intellectually policy wonky debates yeah. where it, you've got people and it's like a round table they like sit in a maybe like a real fucking round table mm -hmm. like you see on uh what the hollywood, is it? Reporter. hollywood reporter uh -huh. yeah exactly where they sit and they talk about policy yeah where even and dr if they oz wanna... moderates it yeah that's right doctor you got your jokes today <laughs> britney's got her jokes <laughs> look at you with your fucking jokes oh. uh I, I think that would improve not only the, 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 the tone and tenor of the conversation, but also the substance of it. Yeah. That we, we need to really address important issues and these fucking soundbite, these battles for soundbites, it's not getting it done. Yeah. I'm also 
while you were talking, I put my face into my hands because I'm imagining Donald Trump and Joe Biden having a debate over Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) And just what a nightmare this is going to be. I mean, can you just imagine it for a second right because it's gonna have to be through technology right yeah um i mean i don't imagine well i guess they can do social distancing right like have them up on the stage in the same place and then just have the moderator in the room and away from them that could (laughs) all the fuck we need uh this is the premiere of that drop right yeah yeah, it is so that drop is from deadwood to give people some context that is dan talking to jewel dan doherty and this is the unauthorized cinnamon episode where jewel is putting out the peaches on the meeting table and she tells dan that she's put some cinnamon out there too (laughs) and you know this is a beautiful scene because dan is pissed off about something that has nothing to do with jewel right or the cinnamon yeah nothing to do with the cinnamon (laughs) nothing to do with peaches nothing to do with jewel and he's being sent to go buy get hired guns yeah, and he's pissed off, and he starts taking it out on her, and is like asking her who gave her permission to put cinnamon on the table, and he gets so angry about the cinnamon being on the table that he says... That's all the fuck we need. <laughs> That's all the fuck we need. And this is something that we walk around the house saying multiple times a day. Well, it'll Just be... Just at minor frustrations. So, yeah, if it's a minor frustration that is that we're blowing out of proportions, oh, that's all the fuck we need. <laughs> So anyway, we're bringing that from our household to yours. Yes, exactly. So get back on track after I interrupted you with the Dan Doherty. That's all we the fuck we need. Are you done? I have no idea what I was talking about. Let's just jump into the next email. Let's move on. All right. Dear Jesse and Brittany, I am bothered by the language that's often used Uh in reference to the primaries. Oh. (laughs) Sanders supporters and progressives often blame the nominations of Clinton and Biden, respectively, on the DNC. This ignores the millions of voters, especially black voters, who are the Democratic base, who soundly rejected Sanders twice. It's as if, for progressives, black voters are either neoliberal corporate shills, or we're incapable of pragmatically choosing a candidate without permission from the DNC. It's insulting and somewhat racist. Sanders had four years to make inroads to the black community. He failed. While we are not a monolith, the vast majority of black voters have chosen Biden. Moreover, progressives have consistently overestimated how far to the left most black voters would go. Biden will be the nominee, not because the DNC, corporate media, or any other elite group forced him upon us. He'll be the nominee because the majority of Democrats chose him. Love the show. Lee from Michigan. Listen, some very good points there. It's something I think that needs further reflection for sure. Some deep introspective uh, looks at from people who... Well, one, it makes me second guess because I don't understand. I I don't judge it, but I don't fucking get it. I don't see what the fucking appeal of Joe Biden is in the black community. Um, I understand where like Congressman Clyburn, where his endorsement would be meaningful in South Carolina. But I just I don't get it. And I'm not I'm not judging it. I just I would love somebody to fucking explain it to me. Because Joe Biden, in my eyes, the way I perceive it, has been either at the helm or instrumental in policies throughout his entire career that have been at odds with with the the, the well-being of the black community at large in this country. I don't get it. But, but, but listen, I'm with you, Lee, that I've seen friends of mine, real life and online, who are... A little asshole-ish where it relates to only being Bernie people and excluding any outlook, especially where it relates to people who also consider themselves uh, racially aware, racially conscious. Mm. Um, uh, I fucking hate the word woke, but... Well, it's often used um, as a slight, but it's not. It's well, not. no, but you, you know, people who are who are interested in social justice, until until it it, it grates on their particular candidate. And Bernie, he's Bernie. Uh, he didn't get it done with, with the black community, and he did have four fucking years. And I voted for the guy, but he did. He failed. He failed. So did Elizabeth Warren. So did Pete. 
And there was one man left standing where it relates to reaching, making inroads to the black community. That was Joe Biden. Well, and I do want to say that Joe Biden was ultimately decided to be the one and Democrats rallied around him because of the power in the Democratic Party that yeah. saw the writing on the wall. So there, there yeah. is kind of a I, I think that both things can be true. Right. I think that Lee can be correct. And then I think elements of the argument regarding the DNC's power, right, over different candidates. I mean, the the way in which that all those different people stepped in to support Joe Biden, right? Yeah. I mean, that was remarkable to watch. You went from... At the end there. Yeah. You went from these people who were attacking him endlessly in debates to rallying around him as though he's the greatest human being on earth, like he was Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So... I think I think there are, there's truth on both sides there. Mm. Good I, good people on both sides. No, you say. that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Why did he ruin that for everyone? Uh, he ruined a lot of shit for a lot of things. Okay, we haven't. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Yeah, that's for sure. We have another Joe Biden related email. What is happening? It's Joe Biden town all we around. We also have a couple of voicemails that I want to get to eventually. Okay. All you fucking emailers ruining my voicemail fun. Your bo- your Biden <laughs> your Biden convo was important. It really was important. It was still hard to hear. It took a week to listen to it all. I'm glad I did. All of the things I have said to myself a million times to make it seem rational. Problem is it's not. Why do people wait? Why do people not tell? For me, it's because it was a member of my graduate committee. My future career depended on his goodwill. I will talk about a lot of things as I live my life. This isn't one of them. But unlike Brittany, I am less brave about saying it out loud. It's one thing to be raised by wolves. It's another to say it. I should probably channel Popeye. Lots of farts, good food, good scratches. Why wait 20 years? Because you can't financially, emotionally, possibly personally do so. I'm really glad you acknowledged that. Take care. Keep the conversation going. This email really hit me. And it's not even what was directed at me. Um, it's just that I know how this goes, right? Um, Accusations and the the questioning of motives. Also, the discomfort in talking about things, mm. right? Yeah. And the fear that surrounds that. And this person didn't leave a name, so it's anonymous. And I, it took a long time for me to get to a point where I was comfortable talking about my childhood, things that have happened to me. And even still, I pick and choose things that I'm willing to talk about. I don't talk about everything. And some of that is because I want to retain some semblance of privacy related to some of my stuff, right? I have control sure. over what I let out and what I don't. Yes, as everyone does. Um, but I, I appreciate... I appreciate the affirmation there, that it's one thing to be raised by wolves. It's another thing to talk about it. But I... I want to say to Anonymous that people who have experienced trauma have just as much a right to talk about their life experience as anyone else. And I think a lot of times people who come from trauma, whether it be single parent household, child abuse, being raised with drug addiction, um, I mean, whatever it looks like for you, um, you have just as much of a right to talk about those things as anyone else. And I think that's something that I have felt like as I go through the ranks in my professional circles is this feeling of, oh, I can't let people see what I really come from. Yeah, but sure. How many people are walking around thinking that? Many people. Yeah, yeah. We're all walking around like, oh, I don't want people to find this out about me, right? I'm going to try to hide this. But I have found that I am inspired every time I meet someone who just talks openly about their experiences sure. and doesn't worry about what people are thinking about it. And it's so hard to get to that point, but it's so powerful anytime I meet someone like that. And that's really what has inspired me is meeting people that just talk about it and it's their life and they get to talk about it because it's their life, right? They're not worried about what people have to say. I feel like, no, no, you're like, why are you just sitting there? Because I feel like a dickhole that I was like, let's get this on the road. Let's fucking hurry up with these emails. And then it's an awesome email. Right. <laughs> anyway. Well, and I also, 
it it made me emotional because of the honest reflection of sitting there and thinking like why do people wait like why why are we asking these questions and then to have that reflection of well i've been there mm. right and to share that personal experience of what happened with the the graduate committee member um for anonymous and that's a powerful experience right and if anonymous isn't ready to talk about that that's not something that is is necessary to share then don't feel pressure to do that but also if if it's the fear that's keeping you from speaking just know that a lot of people are carrying that same fear and don't beat yourself up over it yeah absolutely well thank you for the emails everybody uh changing gears here a little bit last time on the show we talked a little bit about um Changing our minds. It's actually a, a frequent refrain on the show because we encourage people to change their minds when 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 faced with new information. And I I told a story about having hated having hate having been a guy who hates Guy Fieri or Fieri mm-hmm. forever because I thought he was a, 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 a an anti like a virulent uh, anti gay guy, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, I found out he wasn't. Yes. And I changed my mind about it. Anyway, we got a call about it. Somebody reflecting on their personal story of changing their mind. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. This is Jeremy from Kansas City. Um, Just listening to your, uh, I guess it was the most recent podcast. I don't know. I'm kind of getting caught up on a few of them. I think this is 671. You were um, talking about things you recently changed your mind on. Um, When I grew up, I was hardcore Christian, so obviously... I've changed my mind on a lot of things, to be honest with you. But um, shortly after college, I kind of just uh, realized that I was atheist. And uh, I don't know how you realize you're atheist. But anyway, I was a, I uh, became an atheist and um, felt like I had to argue everybody and look down on people who um, were religious. Um, and it's just – it was exhausting and dumb and – feeling like I had to get in arguments about it online with people and like I disrespected people uh, who were religious. And I just realized that that was so stupid. Um, there's no point in doing that. As long as these people aren't using their religion to, you know, keep somebody else down, you know, it's just, just something they believe. And it's so stupid for me to um, look at it in any other way than that. And in fact, I kind of embraced going back into some tenets of religion, you know, certain religions, looking at it, at certain things and saying, oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. You know, picking and choosing little things to maybe, you know, live my life a certain way that isn't necessarily worshiping a deity, but, you know, maybe a better way to live a life. So I just, uh, yeah, I thought that was an interesting topic. I wanted to share it. So thanks a lot. You guys are doing an awesome job. And, um, God, I'm exhausted. So I can't relate at all to this. Um, <laughs> you're alone on that one, Jeremy. Wow, what a dick. Can't believe you used to be like that. <laughs> it's almost like he's telling my story. Yeah. Uh, the reason that I'm making that joke is because same, same. Um, it, it's been a journey, and <laughs> it's nice to have people that are along for the ride on that journey, right? You went on a similar journey. Um, at Team Ian went on a similar journey, right? The journey, we know a lot. Brett number one. Yeah, the journey being aggressive, atheist person to understanding that the God question is not that interesting. Yeah, yeah. And what's more interesting is issues of humanism. And Jeremy's exactly right. If, if someone... If someone derives value from their religious belief, for example, if it has saved their life, right? If it has given their life a new meaning, if it gives them um, a guiding principle to live if their it life. it makes them a more decent, kind person toward their fellow mankind. Right, then why does anyone care? Exactly. And this is something that bothers me. Uh, it, uh, I've moved away from a lot of like atheist pages. And again, I'm talking about years ago right being this like aggressive atheist arguing about the god question and it i've moved away from so many of those atheist pages because 
of how aggressive and weird and like they post shitty memes on Easter and Christmas and they're just aggressive for no reason. Yeah. And it's disrespectful of things that people really hold dear and cherish. Yeah. Whether it be real or not, it's real to them. Yeah. And Jeremy's point that's key in what he said is if as it's long not as they're not. Yeah. Right. As long as you're not oppressing other people yeah. or supporting legislation that is going to oppress people voting or, in such a way that oppresses people or unless you're covering up for the catholic church their their systematic cover-up of of the rape of children i mean as long as you're not punching down in your faith have at it and that's really the the nuance that i think is lost you either have to be someone who's like championing rah rah all religion or you have to be this virulent atheist I think you can yeah. you can be in the middle, right? And recognize that, yeah, there are many flaws within organized religion, and there's many ways in which it's problematic. But also understand that there it, it can be useful and provide benefit for people. For some. It's not for me. Just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's not for somebody else. Just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's the wrong way to be. Mm -hmm. It's just not for me. Yeah. Have at it. Do your thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do do the if you're living by Jesus' words, the red words in the Bible, the red letters, fucking knock yourself out. As so, soon as you start, you know, dancing around the, the Paul territory, eh, not so great. Well, and I've often been interested in how that journey happens because it, it seems to be at least based on the people I know, so this is anecdotal evidence, uh -oh. that it's somewhat common to have people start out when they lose their faith in a kind of angry, bitter phase. Mm. She's not a Christian! And then move toward not that. So I, I don't know what it is in terms of the evolution of people feel angry that they have been lied to or angry that things that have happened to them as a result of of the religion or things they missed out on you know i don't i don't it know it's pretty common so i think it's like a pretty i, I think it's a thing because i certainly went through why, why are you giving me a smirky you're a douche smile <laughs> no, I'm, that's not what that was it's just you said you, you believe it's a thing hmm <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy, for the call. We appreciate it very much, buddy. Good times. Uh, Jeremy has a podcast that he's not plugging that I'll plug for him. Mm -hmm. It's called Try to Podcast. There you go. With Jeremy and Brian. Mm -hmm. Good times had by all. That was nice of you. We are moving on. Kind of, we're just going to kind of slide right into kind of the situation we're in politically and economically with the coronavirus. Oh, I was still trying to give you credit for how nice you were just now. You're, you're, you're doing jeremy's work for him shut up shut up shut up shut up matthew <laughs> call from matthew hey jesse hey Brittany. this is matt in denver matt uh, sorry i was just dropping a line i'm listening to the current episode and i had a thought i wanted your opinion on with the unemployment being at these record lows how much worse do you think it's likely to get before it gets better uh i personally i think it's going to get a lot worse as example i'm a massage therapist and I've actually always thought it was a little interesting. Here in Colorado, at least, spas were some of the last businesses to close. And now with the restrictions being lifted, we're becoming some of the first to open. And uh, Jesse, like you were saying, with uh, keeping your eye on businesses that were, say, opening too early or you were being said to have unsafe business practices given the current climate, keeping your eye on those businesses to not give them your patronage anymore. I quit the job I was going to be going back to because they were going to be doing the same thing, or at least I felt they were going to be unsafe. But I have to wonder how many other people are in the same boat. Because, again, like you said, you're keeping your eye on businesses. So there are other businesses out there that are being unsafe. And at least at the spa I was at, I know several other people who quit for the same reasons, which as I found out recently, changing my unemployment actually puts you in a different category. Your unemployed but job attached is a different category than just straight unemployed. I don't know how they're looking at those numbers on the national basis and considering that un unemployment percentage. All I know is that there are people also who may not have been unemployed who are going to be unemployed for the same reason, these unsafe business practices. 
and how many people are going to be out of work just due to their conscience uh, as opposed to their pocketbook. And my pocketbook's going to hurt a lot for this. But I couldn't go back to work and risk my health, my wife's health, uh, her client's health because she works in a medical field, uh, my client's health and the people related to them, their health. It, it just feels incredibly irresponsible. And there's so many other businesses that I know are going to be doing that. And I know I can't be the only person of conscience who's quitting their job because of this. So I have to wonder how much worse this is going to get before it gets better. Anyway, um, there's a couple other things I wanted to talk about, but I know I'm pushing close to three minutes here. So thank you guys for the podcast. And really, you're both the best part. That's a fucking cop out right so there. So magnanimous. God damn. Choose a side, bro. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so I this this uh voice memo is upsetting to me. It's very upsetting to me. And I'm sorry, Matt, that you are in this position and it makes me angry, honestly. Um it it's just another point that I add to the list of stories that I hear that make me feel enraged about the inadequate response from the government to step in and be of assistance to people. Can I add to that? The continuing inadequate response. Yeah. It's not like Democrats are jumping on the fucking deal to get a, 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 a another wave of stimulus out there. Mm-hmm. We're sitting on their fucking hands. Well, they do have the new uh, bill that they just presented. How long has it been? I'm just saying they're not they're not moving with with swiftness that they could be. Yeah, I'm not happy with the, with the Democrats' performance in this either. Yeah, I'm. Def- anyway. I'm definitely not happy with it. But twenty point five million jobs lost in April. Yeah, and then add another three million to that this week. Unemployment is almost certainly above twenty percent at this point. Yeah. Um, the Federal Reserve Chairman said, quote, among people who were working in February, almost 40% of those in households making less than 40000 a year had lost a job in March. Yeah, that is, say it again, <laughs> because it is stark. Among those who were working in February, almost 40% of those in households making less than 40000 a year had lost a job in March. So those who are the most desperate in our society are hurting the most while Congress, still earning a paycheck, not getting it fucking done. And can I tell you... Can I, can I add to that? Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Do your job. Wear a mask. Go to work. Write the legislation. Take care of people. Do your fucking jobs. Proceed. Can I tell you what the Trump administration's priority is right now? <laughs> Goddamn. Please, yeah. Appealing a federal judge's ruling that temporarily enabled hundreds of thousands of people to maintain their food stamp benefits yeah. uh, during the pandemic. Appealing that ruling. Yeah. A, ju- a judge had ruled mm-hmm. because they tried to shut it down. They tried to tighten the rules for federal benefits. Right. Cutting off the the funding for SNAP benefits, food stamps, which... A vast, a vast number of, of, of people who benefit from those are children. The, the, the administration tried to shut it down. A judge put a stay on that, said, nope, you can't do it right now. And they're appealing that. They're, they're expending resources during this time to take away food. Take food out of the mouths of poor children, hungry children. During a fucking pandemic. Well, what they wanted to do was, it's primarily about the the work mandates, right? So they wanted people who are receiving food stamp benefits to be working. And they wanted to limit each state's ability to waive work mandates. And, I mean, just imagine that, right? So they want... When unemployment's 20%. Right, they want people that are receiving food stamps to go work. Oh, okay. And, what are they going to do? How is that going to work right now? Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah, no, you want people to starve. You don't want people to have food. You don't think that poor people should have access 
to government funds. That's because what you think. Largely conservatism, largely Republican ideology has this weird fucking absurd and immoral belief that poverty is a moral failing. It's laziness. It's a choice. It's the same thought that these dipshits have that homelessness they want to be homeless. Well, let me read. They want to live suffering, miserable lives. Let me read the quote from the judge that they are appealing. Okay. <laughs> this is part of the decision that they're appealing. Yeah. Quote, as a global pandemic poses widespread health risks, guaranteeing that government officials at both the federal and state levels have flexibility to address the nutritional needs of residents and ensure their well-being through programs like SNAP is essential. Okay. So this decision was made. With the pandemic in mind. Yeah. And how people were going to be affected by the pandemic. Their ability to access food. Their ability to eat. Yeah. To not starve. And USDA takes that quote and says, nah, we're going to file an appeal. Yeah. We still want to move forward with this. It, this is coming from the same administration for which we have a treasury secretary who believes that $1,200 should make everybody gravy. For, for 10 weeks, $1,200. That's a fraction of our rent. And they think that that's going to cover millions of Americans for a month, a two, two and a half months. Also, look at the lines around the country at food banks. Food banks cannot, cannot do what SNAP does. That's they right. just can't. And they will say that themselves. They can't do it. They can't carry the burden that SNAP covers. They can certainly help. But they do they, they what they do pales in comparison to what SNAP does. Not only that, but food stamp benefits is a way to to spur the economy on because people are going to grocery stores to buy groceries. Right. It's fucking. It's enraging, mm -hmm. it's making my neck a little crampy. Hey, are you are you registered to vote? Yes, I'm registered to vote. Just Are making you sure. Are kidding me? Well, also, it's a reminder to everyone else that they should also be registered to vote. Another reminder is that you also can email and call into the show, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voicemail from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you about these and other topics that happen to be on your mind. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. I am prepared to read the names, and the names are... <laughs> wow. Pamela. Pamela! K-I-J-H. Kija. 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 Are we just going to keep saying it over and well, over? Well, I just... Listen, this is another <laughs> Reina situation where we were pronouncing Reina's name wrong for the longest time, and I just... I know some people are very, Listen, like, if we mispronounce your name, write in, call in, call us dumb fucks and tell us how to say it. Exactly. And listen, that's what Raina had to do. In fact, that's exactly what Raina did. It might be exactly what Raina said. Hey, listen, dumb fucks. We didn't even have to say her name wrong, and that's what she said to us. <laughs> <laughs> and she was justified. Yes. Continuing. And I might not be saying this next one right All right. Either. Here we go. Gina. <laughs> Gina? Well, it's a spelling. I don't know oh, if it's... Gina. Let's go with Gina. Okay. Uh, Simon uh, doubled the pledge. Simon? Yes. I thought that, like you were struggling with like a last name or something. No. Uh, John H. John H. And William... William! Doubled the pledge. Now, John H. also sent us a message along... Wouldn't it be douchey to say heartwarming that it's heartwarming... Because it really not. makes me, it makes me feel really good. It absolutely not is not it's not douchey to mm. say that it's heartwarming. All right. John H sent us a message along with his uh, Patreon support. Thanks for what you do. Rural Kansas is a shit show, and you guys keep me sane. <laughs> Jesse is a mirror to what goes through my mind, but cannot speak where I live. Brittany is the voice of reason that soothes my thoughts. I hope you keep doing what you are doing. I need you both. 
I have been listening for years, and now I'm proud to say that I can help your mission. I hope to do more for you in the future, as you have done so much for me over the years. Thanks again. I love this message. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I also want to say, we read everything that is sent to us. And we never get sick of positive messages. <laughs> what, really? Oh, we don't? No. Me, no, speak for yourself, Brittany. I get real sick and fucking tired of all this positivity and telling us how great we are. Well, listen, there's a lot of criticism to go around. I don't know if you guys know, but like having opinions in public and people get really upset. Thinking, 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 thinking in public. That sounds very weird when I say that. Thinking in public. Yeah. Is a perilous activity. It is. And sometimes you are attacked and people hate you and want you to die and they tell you and it's very upsetting. And some even say they're going to do it. Yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> not fun, but it's really nice to have the affirmation come our way. And we also appreciate the constructive criticism, right? We appreciate that. We love the dissent. But we love hearing from people, even when it's anonymous. And we get a lot of those where people just write to us and they don't even want it read on the show. They just want to let us know that they care about us and that, you know, they're happy that we are still alive or whatever. And it's <laughs> oh, it's always nice to get those messages. Yeah, we we yeah, read yeah. all of them and we're just thankful to have this community of people who are thinking about big ideas, who want to talk about important things, who engage with serious topics in a way that is respectful and kind and really living up to the phrase, moving the conversation forward. Yeah. So I just want to give a shout out to everybody, not just people that are supporting the show through Patreon or on PayPal or through shopping on Amazon, but everyone who listens to the show um, or contributes in any way by liking the Facebook page, sending us tweets. I mean, whatever. If Telling you, a friend. Right. If you are interacting with the show, you are listening to the show, we appreciate you so much and thank you for that support. So I have made a decision that we're going to end the show here. Uh, we're going to turn around and do another show tomorrow. Uh, I've got a bunch of topics, but, but here's what I want to do. A lot of people listen to the show right when it drops. So we're going to talk about um, Richard Burr being investigated by the FBI right now. I think he is guilty, but it leaves the question open as to why Kelly Loeffler, why Diane Feinstein, why they're not being investigated. Uh, I also want to talk, we're going to play some clips of Donald Trump being a dumb shit about testing. And then we're going to talk about Kaylee McEnany and this exchange she had with Jeff Mason the other day about her previous positions on Donald Trump. She's the new press secretary, That's by right. the way. And also her previous statement that Donald Trump was not going to allow the virus to come to America. Well, here we are, 85,000 Americans dead as of the, the moment that right now. And uh, that leads us to the thing that Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden, that Joe Rogan on his show the other day. Called her a gangster. Ah, she's a gangster. She checkmated those fucking douchey media people. It's like he's just sliding into the Trump tank. And we're going to play and analyze and break down this the, 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 the statement, the, this exchange that Joe Rogan had on his show. So I would encourage you to go find it on YouTube. Joe Rogan on Kaylee McEnany. Find it. It's on his own fucking channel. What do you think? We're going to talk about it next time on the show. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Until then, call in 567-657-464-7609. Of course, email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore. This has been I Doubt It.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.